Pepper just expired asparagus. Hey, welcome to episode 21 of the failures. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah we can drink legally now. That's why Ida is having a beer at this podcast. All right, my beer. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, episode twenty one of the Failure Show. I'm Ben Frank. I'm Ida Knox. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ben Frank Comedy and on my website BenFrankComedy.com. And please don't find me on the internet. Yep, Ida is going into hiding, or otherwise known as law school. So pretty she wants similar to, she I wants say. to stay off the grid yeah a little bit so, which is a which is a big change from someone who was working at a media company I was doing the exact opposite of that. I actually have seriously considered deleting most of my social media accounts um, how many social media accounts do you use slash check regularly between both Chinese and Western American? It feels like a lot. I realize that to like an actual young person listening to this, it wouldn't be, but I have a Twitter. I don't tweet, but I regularly check Facebook. I spend a decent chunk of time on Instagram. I'm on Weibo a lot. Um, I live stream a lot. I'm also like on our company's Weibo and writing social media for them, so I spend a lot of time like browsing other people's social media, both for work and outside of work. I would say on an average day- And then there's WeChat. Yeah, and WeChat, um, and just like Messenger and things. I would say on an average day, I spend at least five hours on social media accounts, at least. Yeah, so- So that, a lot. That, yeah, that's, that's time, in, that's gonna be valuable time in, in law school. Yeah, no, I definitely can't, cons- I mean, for now, like, I get paid for a lot of it. Right. So, it's, it, it is work, but I, I think it's not a sustainable habit outside of it being my job. Ever since I've started to, trying to promote myself, you have been, you have been scaling back. Yeah, I think, um, I used to think it was really cool, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll, like, outside of my actual job become some sort of internet presence, or, like, be online. I follow a lot of KOLs, um, and I just, I both think I would be very good at it, and I don't really have it in me. Like, I, I just feel like I would, it, it would become a bit overwhelming. Pretty easily. I mean, it is very difficult because people, you have to put out a lot of content and people expect a lot from you. Yeah, and they expect, like, even in the very small ways at work that, like, I have become known to strangers, I feel very, like, personally violated when people are like, oh, I want to come see you in Shanghai. And part of me, like, I just immediately balk at that. I'm like, no, that's my home and I don't want you to, like, meet me in person and, or, like, I don't know, it's hard because like people, but then they're real people and they're very nice and like, um, but it's just been like a hard mental adjustment for me to be like, oh, someone who like I don't know at all has a lot of access to my life. That to me is very strange. Yeah, I've with, always been like cagey it, about it. Like some people are very fans. good about yeah. it and I follow KOLs who I really appreciate that they share their life and I feel like they're very honest, um, but I'm an introvert, so. I, when you when you get off camera or get off stage, you're like, mm, no, that's it. I, I I got called out pretty heavily when we early on um, we had Barrel 
mm-hmm. and Beryl's episode. And she very, you know, Beryl and I are not like close friends, but we've met in social situations. And she called me out very hard on being like, yeah, how are you like simultaneously the most open, completely normal person on stage and hugely socially awkward? And I was like, wow, you such told- a dick move, but also like nailed it. Like that is so true. Um, so I don't know. I'm very much so an introvert. And I think when I leave Shanghai, there will be a serious reassessment of how I spend my time on social media and how much of my life gets shared on it. Okay. Yeah. Like very, very true. A transition is happening. Yeah. Well, right now I'm not sharing anything because my entire life is just me having meltdowns uh, and will be for like the next, I don't know, six to eight weeks. Okay. Well, as as Ida melts down, let's get into uh, fail or pass. Fail or pass. Okay. This is fail or pass, the segment of the show where where Ida is going to get upset about something like she always does. I'm sorry. I... I was just saying, it's been in a, a really emotionally fraught um, 48 hours slash entire life, uh, but I'm going to try and keep it together. All right, that's good. And uh, we're going to welcome our uh, guest for this week, Zach Halusa. Hey, everyone. Thanks uh, Thanks for being on The Failure it. Show. We debated a little bit whether that was actually how you pronounce your last name, and I was like, of course it is, because I would definitely know that, because Zach and I have worked together for like a year and a half. But then I started to doubt it, because Ben was like, well, are you sure? And I was like... I'm not sure of anything when someone asks if I'm sure. And and I think I've also probably said like my last name a grand total of maybe one time. Uh, it is Halusa, right? It's Halusa. Yeah. Okay. Good. We're all right. Yeah. Okay. We're all right. we're good. Um, Ida, do you want to start with your story? Or? Yeah. So speaking of mustaches. Um, <laughs> okay. Good. Good transition. <laughs> Thank you. I try. So my story's from the Times. Also, fun fact for everyone involved, because I'm about to be a student again, mm-hmm. I just was able to switch my Times subscription to a student account, and it is way cheaper. Yeah. Like, way fucking cheaper. Anyway. I'm sure that'll make make up for the cost of law school yeah. tuition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it together. Okay, the uh, the title is Mustache Intact, Salvador Dali's Remains Are Exhumed in Paternity Suit. Have you guys seen this? No, I haven't. I didn't read it. I saw that there was an article about it. I did right. not read it, so I don't know the details yet. Okay, so basically Thursday night, <laughs> forensic experts exhumed Salvador Dali's body. Um, he is a surrealist painter. I think we all know that. Anyway. Um, apparently his mustache is in the exact same, cause you know, he's like famous mm-hmm. for the, for the yeah. crazy mustache, exactly the same as when he was buried. Hmm. This is less of the relevant part of the story and more of just like a cool side note. Mustache exactly the same. Okay. The, the pass fail component is, so there's a paternity suit. There's a woman who is suing saying that he is her father and if she like wins the suit, She's 61. If she wins the suit, then she, like, inherits part of the estate. So a lot mm-hmm. of money, basically. Um, so the pass-fail is, I guess, like, on her for, like, wanting to exhume a body for money. Because to me, that's gross. Um, and also just, like, I don't know, just the entire situation of it, the mustache, the, just all of it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, But the main pass-fail is on this woman who is insisting... That she has, like, no other way, I guess, to prove it. So she's down to, like, her last-ditch effort, which is exhuming his body. 
But, like, I don't know. She's waited till she's, like, 61 to really push for all of this. The age where she's, running, where she's running out of money, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah, he died in 1989. Huh. So. Huh. I didn't know he lived that recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. He was 84. It's pretty old. Okay, so the pass, the pass, fail. What? I'm sorry, fail or pass is what you mean, right? right. Ah, now that she was on the other side. Sucker. Um, yeah. So the the pass or fail. Fail or pass. Shut off. <laughs> is uh, on this woman, um, and whether or not it's like an appropriate thing to do, regardless of if you think that you might be, you know, able to inherit part of an estate, to insist that Salvador Dali gets dug up. And also, a slight side one, all of the people who are flipping a shit about the mustache being in the same position, which is, like, half the headlines. I mean, I feel like I, I kind of need to fail this, because is there anything else besides monetary motivation that would be... No, it's all for the money. It's yeah, there's, there's clearly... the money, yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks, looks bad. It's okay, so I'm going to fail her on that. All right, I'm passing her. Okay. Because if I thought I was Salvador Dali's kid, I would fucking, like, insist they mm. dig that man up and prove it. 100%. I mean, I would say if, uh, just considering the circumstances and if it were any other, like, celebrity, I would fail this in a heartbeat. But because of the news of the mustache, I'm right. going to have to make that a pass. All right. So this is from the Wall Street Journal, but since, as you know... I don't have a subscription to the Wall Street I Journal, so I read a summary of it on Yahoo and tried to read it on the Wall Street Journal, but I could only get like a paragraph in before they would require me to get a subscription. So I swear to God, one day we'll get real jobs. We'll <laughs> 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 like afford, yeah. I don't know, the news, but yeah, yeah okay. Okay, uh, so, so that, the Yahoo the, the Yahoo headline of, of the Wall Street Journal article is, is so weak. A yeah. a white person wrote why anyone can be Chinese, and it's oh, a checklist in privilege. Okay. Oh, shit. I don't know. Okay. okay. You, you go first, but... Mm -hmm. So basically, Daniel Bell, who is a white dean at uh, China's Shandong University, recently penned a piece in the Wall Street Journal entitled, Why Anyone Can Be Chinese. Yeah. In it, he laments how he's not considered Chinese despite his self-proclaimed dedication uh, to the culture. And basically, he goes through trying to argue that Chinese should look at identity as cultural rather than racial... And he, you know, talks about like different things about him that he thinks makes him Chinese. That he's when he goes to conferences, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like the only person dressed in traditional Chinese clothing, or yeah. that he maybe speaks better Chinese than a chi an overseas Chinese person who totally rejects their culture and language. Yeah. So, all that being said, failing or passing this guy for trying to win acceptance as a Chinese person. And separately trying to, the argument of identity being cultural rather than racial. Okay, so yeah. I actually read this piece. I think Yahoo kind of did an inflammatory way of summarizing it. Because he kind of sounds like a dick in the version that you're saying, but he mm -hmm. seemed less... He does sound like a dick he, in this article. He seemed yeah. a lot less like a dick in his own words. He seemed much more, as someone who's lived in China for a fraction of the amount of time that he has... 
much more relatable in terms of the frustration of someone who's an expat who loves a country loves a culture wants to feel accepted and has never fully been able to so in that sense like he kind of sounds like a dick according to yahoo but like fuck those people have they ever even fucking been to china because he doesn't he doesn't come off as that much of a dick in the actual article See, this is why i was trying to read the article but um, then i was like oh i don't uh, what am i gonna do uh yeah like i mean he doesn't come off as like he just, like, he does seem like he's trying really hard. He's married to a Chinese woman. He's, like, a professor at a Chinese university. He speaks fluent Mandarin. He doesn't really feel at home in the States at this point. I mean, are we passing or failing, like, his argument of the cultural thing? Because he also, when he argues for it, he doesn't say, like, Chinese people are idiots thinking it's ethnic. He just brings up, like, moments in history where... China has been much more accepting to foreigners coming in and sort of being integrated into the culture and that it has sort of ebbed and flowed as a matter of history, um, even though it's always centrally been based on ethnicity and not like cultural relevance. He's just sort of bemoaning the, the fact that having lived for 20 years as an expat, he still doesn't quite fit in. Well, and I think this was something that Kathleen talked about a couple weeks ago when she was living in Germany. Right. Even that you could live there for 20 or 30 years and you're still not German. Right. And he's, I mean, I just, I felt empathy for his plight because, like, he's never going to be Chinese. I don't think he really, like, meant, it was sort of an inflammatory headline because it was, like, Chinese professor, you know, like, uh, like, American Chinese professor argues that, like, Chinese shouldn't be ethnic, it should be mm -hmm. cultural or something. But, like, he's just more saying he wished it could be that way than he was saying, like, Chinese people are idiots and they, like, ought to embrace me. Yeah, and that's the way this article was kind of framing it. Yeah. And I didn't know how accurate Well, that was how the comments was. on his article went on the Wall Street Journal, too. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Zach, um, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I've only been, I've been here, I guess, for, like, uh, about a third of the time that he has, so... What, uh, seven years now? I've been in China kind of full-time since uh, the end of 2011, so just about six years now. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, I think also just being American, we kind of have this idea. I mean, we're used to just accepting people as American if they can, uh, you know, like, speak the language well enough and... They're, they've kind of like made an attempt to integrate themselves into the culture um, but yeah I mean I can I can understand that frustration um, of like an expat living in China for so long studying the culture learning the language um, and just not really being able to like break in um, I mean like and and I'm just guessing I don't know if he mentions it in the article but just like through like everyday social interactions um, I mean, a lot of people that just, like, interact with you might just, you know, assume that you just have, like, just arrived, know nothing about the culture, mm -hmm. um, until you, like, start, like, you know, proving yourself or just start, you know, talking. Um, he brought up an interesting point I didn't know, which is that, you know, like, in America, you can have two passports. You can have dual citizenship, mm -hmm. and we embrace that. In China, you can't. So right. you can become a Chinese citizen, but to become a Chinese citizen, you have to revoke your original citizenship. Mm -hmm. And apparently, a sacrifice to, apparently yeah. <laughs> only like 13 or 1400 people have ever done that, like from anywhere. Right. So that's a pretty fucking small number of people 
yeah. compared to like the number of expats and stuff. Because I think a lot of people who go to America just end up dual citizens mm-hmm. um, and having two passports. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that to like be a Chinese citizen. So he was saying like, yes, technically he could become a Chinese citizen, mm-hmm. but like the 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 other thing I want to point out, and you Zach kind of uh, hit on it a little bit, is that you know in America like. We are an immigrant country. We have a culture of immigration, and despite and with the exception of this very small percentage of Native Americans, everyone knows that they are not really from America. Mm-hmm. So the cultural identity, or the even the ethnic identity of being American, is legitimately actually tied to being from somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas in China or in most other countries in the world, an integral part of your identity is actually being from that place. Yeah. And having and having that you know, cultural or ethnic background of the people from that place. So I think that's a huge part of this, just that there's not, there's not a culture of people coming to China from other places and becoming Chinese, because that's not what a Chinese person is or has been well, historically. Well, yeah, and his point is sort of that that's not always entirely true, but also that that's very exclusive. It is. But you also have to respect the circumstances of history and culture, and that's just the reality of what it's been. I choose to disregard history and culture whenever possible. So <laughs> All right. um, I'm passing him. Yeah, based on some of the extra color you've given to to this, which I re- appreciate because the Yahoo article, you know, because it was Yahoo News. Yeah, it was Yahoo News. Which I mean, I, let's I mean, let's agree, Yahoo News is one of our our best news sources that we mm-hmm. have um, in in the world. So I don't want to. Be- don't want to uh, besmirch Yahoo News. We have, no time. Yahoo we News. have no time for your sarcasm, young man. Um, but yeah, I, I I will pass him. But but I think that that the difference in kind of an immigrant country versus a non-immigrant country is something that needs to be teased out because I think that's a very True. important thing to. It, I don't think it's realistic to necessarily expect Chinese people to accept immigrants the way that we do. In America, or that we Nor would like to think do we do. They. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Anyways. Zach, you passing or failing? Um, I guess I guess I'll pass because, like, even though uh, like my gut reaction to hearing this was, it felt kind of like he was trying to just impose this uh, viewpoint that's kind of uh, hardwired into Americans, like just imposing this onto a culture that doesn't necessarily see things that way. Um, on the other hand, the like w- what it means to be Chinese has changed so many times, like over history. When you're looking back over past dynasties, and I, th- I think that's uh, also worth uh, thinking about too. Okay, great. Well, that's been uh, been fail or pass. Let's move on to the next segment. Failure of the week. Okay. Let's uh, get into our, our failures of the week. Favorite part of the show. Yep, Ida thinks they're quaint and I think, cute. I do, I think all failure is uh, quaint and cute. Okay, um, do you want to start or do you want to? Sure, I can start. Okay, so I have many failures of the week this week. Um, one was just the other night, Ben was trying to comfort me while I was inconsolably sobbing because leaving Shanghai is hitting me super hard. But more importantly, I've been trying to flirt with this Dutch guy. And <laughs> How's that going? Yeah. Like, I've been complaining about it a little bit at work to Zach. A little because, bit. A little bit, like every day. Um, well, like, it's a futile effort because I'm leaving Shanghai in two weeks, right? So it's, it's sort of like flirting that's headed nowhere. But also, 
I'm not entirely sure that it's flirting. Do you know what flirting is? Uh, Well, that in and of itself is sort of debatable. Um, But, okay, so it's hard because, one, English isn't his first language. But, two, I realized that flirting, like, involves a lot of making sure that you have the same sense of humor as someone. So if you're, like, trying to make a joke, but then, like, you're not entirely sure that they laughed. So anyway, suffice it to say, for an entire week, I've sort of been running scenarios by Zach being like, does this seem like it's flirting? Does it feel like if someone says thank you to a joke, that it's flirting? And I think it's not. I think I've decided after... Thank you to a joke? Was it a good joke? What does that even mean? How do you say thank you to a joke? Like, basically... But I think... I think my failure of this week is that um, after a week of thinking that I was flirting via WeChat, I got a thank you to a joke, and I don't actually think now that I was. So, um, there you go. That's my failure of this week. Okay. Wow. Uh, Zach, would you like to, like to share yours? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he could have he could have just been very grateful that you... Uh, <laughs> Just gave him that joke. Right? It's like, thank you, for the, thank you for the gift of comedy. That's yeah. probably what he meant to say. I don't... Yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think it's safe to say I fought, failed at flirting mm-hmm. this week. <laughs> Pretty hard. <laughs> uh, let's see. Failure of the week. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't have any uh, examples as, uh, as massive don't as that one. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yes. but yesterday I was at this um, event... With um, because uh, I'm in a band, um, so we all either work or have worked at um, this company, uh, like a technical writing company here in Shanghai. Um, and there was an event um, that they had, uh, just kind of a team building event. So our band was there, was uh, three of us. Um, but the uh, when we were uh, so when we were playing our second set, because we did we did two sets. The first set was just. Um, it was incredibly hot, and we were all sweaty, um, and I was like f- fading in and out of consciousness as I was playing. It's just Ooh. muscle memory. Um, and during the second set, uh, something interesting happened, where like the um, like the the highest string, the high E string on my guitar, just I thought it snapped at first um, as I was playing, and then I looked down at my guitar, and uh, like the little plastic piece in the neck that it has notches that hold like uh, each of the strings in place yeah the part of the end like that little plastic bit just snapped off so like huh. the e strings just kind of like hanging on the side uh-huh. uh, and um, about like a minute or two after that the uh, like pickup I got uh, it's like a pickup in my acoustic guitar so that way if I'm playing like with amplification it'll be loud it just like fell inside my guitar <laughs> uh, oh. So I would I say this is equally as bad as not knowing well, you're flirting with someone. Yeah, it's like, well, I, I wasn't using the pickup because another failure was we weren't able to get any kind of, like, amplification. Also because, like, it was just outside. We didn't have anywhere to plug in. But, um, yeah, so I think it was just, like, the combination of those things and it being incredibly hot out. During a, hey, during ben, a do you have something worse than, uh, than those two? I don't know if it's worse. It's... I don't even know to what degree it's a failure, but it's just a weird situation. Okay. Um, and I'm going to preface this by saying you guys are probably aware of this from living in China, that uh, when you work 
in China or just a lot of places outside of the United States, there are conversations you can have with your colleagues that would be totally inappropriate in the U.S., but that yes. you you would like whether or not you're flirting with Dutchmen. <laughs> right. Well, no, I, so yeah. So there's just a, yeah. a different standard that yes. like would not pass any HR in the U.S. Yeah. That that just things kind of fly a little bit here. Yeah. Depending on the situation. Anyways, out at dinner with some colleagues. It was three guys and three girls that's important for the story okay um and at some point the, the conversation came up they're just like oh let's say like who you think are like the three most attractive people at the company done i am so into this game <laughs> yeah. let's play right now um so like me just kind of coming you know from like america this is like just the specter of this game makes me uncomfortable because i'm just like there are so many landmines here to navigate and so one of my colleagues said like three di- like said three different girls in the company. I was like, oh, that's fine. And then like I was trying to think. I was like, do I know? And I was like, say ones that he didn't say. So I said like one or two other women that I could think of that I thought were like. You fair. played the game. I could not play you the game. Fucking played my, the game. Are my, you kidding me? My my boss was there. I couldn't not play the game. Oh my god! What is wrong with I you? I wasn't the first one. I didn't bring All up right. the game. Who are the most three attractive people no. at this table right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I no, but I mentioned like one person that that my colleague hadn't mentioned. And then I'm like, oh, one of the ones you said was fine. Like I didn't even mention three. I said like what two. What if the ones you said was <laughs> fine? <laughs> no. What is wrong with you? I, I couldn't even think oh of three. God. I didn't want to say three. You couldn't even think of three attractive women. I thought the God. most attractive. Just swear to fucking God, Ben Frank. <laughs> no, but you have some goddamn standards. But you also, but you also get worried. Like, if you don't feel conviction about it, you get worried about saying someone's name that you and like if they'll that judge you. That you only think is a bit attractive. Wait, you're worried that your coworkers are going to judge you because I, you think an unattractive <laughs> woman is attractive. I don't know what you are. The scum of the earth. What else? What else is the point of this game? You are so. Good. If you if you're not going to oh, judge God. other people for who they think is attractive, oh, what else is the point of the game? Why 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 are you don't playing? Play the game. I what is br- wrong with you? I didn't you? bring up the game, but that's that's <gasps> okay. But then after that, I'm quitting the podcast. But I was very <laughs> lukewarm about the whole game, and I was just like, I was just like, oh, this person track. Like I, I wasn't into it. Like other sure. people were into it. But then, of course, since we had several women, then it was turned for them to say like who they thought was attractive. But obviously, this was a very we're playing this in a very heteronormative way. Obviously, as this is going. What, what, was there a rule saying that like could you mention people that were at the table? I, I don't think question. you were allowed to say anyone at the table. Sure. And you also, and you, no, that means no, no, no one said Ben. No, 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 no. You also weren't allowed to say anybody that you reported to. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, good. At least you guys goddamn have standards. Yeah, so you gotta have rules. Again, I still was not comfortable with this game, sure. so I was like very like hmm, about the whole mm-hmm. saying the women, mm-hmm. but whatever. So I wasn't into it. So you're not into women. We get it. It's fine. <laughs> well, but then... So later on, when like the women are talking about the men or whatever, they, and then like people say a few people, and then later on they mention some other guy at the company. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> like I just like, like I was just like, oh, like like I way super cute, way more enthusiastically than I talked about any of the women. That's fine. Oh yeah, it's totally are you coming out on the podcast right now because we're accepting. I don't know, it. maybe, but it was, right. but it was. <laughs> It was just in the, in that heteronormative context with my colleagues. It was a funny moment, and the whole game was awkward, and I felt uncomfortable. Okay, those were the failures of the week. <laughs> just a real low key intro yeah. to uh, yeah. welcoming 
Zach? Yeah. yeah. So Zach, you uh, you said that you moved to China full time in 2011. <laughs> yeah. See, 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 see how I ask questions that lead into things. Yeah, you're doing um, great. Yeah, thank you. Um, so what what originally brought you out here? Uh, well, I started studying Chinese during my first year of college. Uh, before then, I actually wasn't really interested in Chinese at all. I just had always had this interest in foreign languages. I took like I took Spanish in high school, um, like one year of German, um, but never really got that far with any of them because I was learning a foreign language in a public school in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then once I got to college, I was thinking, oh, do I want to study, like, what, what language do I want to study? And it eventually came down to Chinese and Russian for some reason. Um, I guess you both, to be both a are spy. kind of. How did, yeah, you, how, did you, how did you choose between them? Uh, the Chinese program sent out a very convincing email to all students. Um, also, I went to I went to Hamilton College, a, like a liberal arts school, where okay. we could choose our entire uh, like all the classes that we were taking. Um, like a very open curriculum. Um, but basically, they sent out a very convincing email uh, the Chinese department and. Uh, the professors were all native speakers, and the Russian department like. Their, the professors were not native speakers, they were Americans. So that was kind of what just uh, made me want to uh, study Chinese. Then I started, and uh, they just kind of gradually uh, just loaded more and more co- uh, coursework and homework onto us. So at that point, like about a year in, I was thinking, you know what, like if I'm going to keep studying Chinese, I should probably major in it just to justify all the time and effort I'm spending. Um, we majored in Chinese for really similar reasons, yeah. <laughs> you and I. Yeah. Uh, so, like, um, my first time in China was uh, in the summer and fall of '09, uh, right after my sophomore year. Um, I did, like, technically, like, two semesters, because um, the summer counts as a semester, um, in the ACC program in Beijing. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, tough was, one. Yeah, it was like, and it's organized by, by Hamilton, by my school. Oh, okay. um, cool. Yeah. So that, I mean, we were learning um, just a new lesson, like a, a new set of vocabulary. So like about like 80, 90 like words or phrases like a day. Uh, just had to memorize that and then go to class, uh, you know, the next day. And it was really intense. And actually, like by by the end of that, I was actually starting to feel like like a little bit uh, like burnt out on Chinese. Um, but I mean, I had a, a great time when I was there. And after I came back to uh, to the U.S., I just realized, you know what? I actually d- really like did have a good time there, and it, it kind of just changed my whole mindset on like studying. I was a lot more into studying. Chinese. I went from being like an like okay student who, when when we had dis- uh, dictation, I would usually do pretty miserably. I had to uh, go and uh, <laughs> like meet like one on one with my teacher just to like review some of the things um, that I messed up yeah. on the dictation. I had a teacher once tell me that like the best way to get through dictation was like to take shots before it because you would just loosen up a little oh. bit. I was like, I don't. Like, yeah, that's yeah. true. But I was always terrible at dictation. Really, a teacher told you to take shots before class. I was pretty bad at dictation. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, our our Chinese classes were always like nine, ten in the morning. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, Me too. There you go. <laughs> so Chinese language, but you're married to a Chinese girl. Yeah. Well. And you also have the best Chinese of anyone I know. 
Yeah, but I, I, I met her, um, I guess, into my second year in China. So that, that first year was um, a lot of like, and, and actually like one of the ways that uh, I, I tried to study Chinese at first because it was a lot easier to me than, uh, <laughs> a lot easier than like interacting with people. Um, I would just watch like uh, Chinese like movies, TV shows, or like dubs of like anime. Uh, like, I don't know if any of you know, uh, or either of you know, Shin-chan? No. No. Nope. Shin-chan is, it's about this, like, you know, this little, like, six-year-old who flashes people and, uh, I'm sorry, what? Flashes people? Yeah. I'm sorry, he'll, what? He'll, he'll just, like, flash people and he's, he's just... Like, in doing, what way? Do, yeah. like, usual six-year-old thing. Oh, it's like he just... Like, or, flashes people, uh, like, gets naked? Yeah, or it, it usually he'll be, like, mooning people, and uh, in the English dub, they refer to it as the ass dance. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but wait, wait, I, wait, no, 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 don't move on from that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. We need, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Just glossing over yeah, that? Yeah, I'm not glossing over that at all. Is that a Chinese show? It's Japanese. Uh, Still. Maybe makes a little more sense. No, but, no, it so, doesn't make any sense. But the thing sense. was, so I, I first um, became familiar with that show, like when I was back in the US, like watching it on Adult Swim, um, before I'd even like started uh, studying Chinese, I think. But then after coming to China, I would just watch it because it was like a lot of the situations, they were kind of like everyday situations. Where subtitles on it. Yeah. <laughs> So is it just like normal things happening, but then it's like, oh, remember, this is the trope of the show, we gotta flash them, I'm sorry, I'm still just so confused, who is that, is it targeted towards children or it's, adults? It's, I think it's just popular, like, among uh, kids, teenagers. This is the creepiest adults. thing I've ever Pop- heard of. It's popular all over the world, though. That's the thing, I think you're missing out. No, I definitely don't. Never heard of this but, show. No, but uh, I'm really should. invested. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, so as I started watching this, it would, you know, at first it would take a while for me to get through an episode because I would just, like, stop if I didn't, like, know a word and, like, look it up in, mm. in Pleco, my dictionary on my phone, uh, which, and I later heard that's the way you're not supposed to, uh, like, practice, like, reading or watching something because I would, if I'm reading, if I was reading something, I would always just stop yeah if i didn't know a word and look it up i looked up every single word every single character that i didn't know it would take me like days to like get through like a movie at first and the same yeah. with like shin uh it took a while to get through that and then so that was it's just like felt like a lot of like small very small failures with each one like I, I, there would be like a phrase or a word that i didn't get and like i'd be watching like a conversation and i'd have to pause after every line did um, you ever contemplate not like trying to be really good at Chinese, like just sort of accepting, like I'm okay at this, and I'll just float at being okay at this. Well, I mean, what first motivated me to move to China was I thought, you know what, I've been learning Chinese for the last four years, and if I just tried to find a job in the U.S. Um, and like didn't continue like trying to improve my Chinese because I knew it, it wasn't, I I knew it was like. I was maybe approaching fluency, but I wasn't confident enough in that. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to start working in China just to keep building up my Chinese and then think about, like, what I'll do after that. Um, And also, I I majored in Chinese and I minored in creative writing, so I guess I didn't really have much hope of getting a job back in the U.S. (laughs) anyway. So so I have a question for you sort of related to our fail fail or pass then, because you've been in China for seven-ish years at this point you 
married a Chinese girl, you, like, your, your Chinese is very good, and you work somewhere where, like, that's employed, but do you ever, like, because you're trying to, not, like, trying to be Chinese, but do you ever just feel like it's sort of a futile battle? Because, like, I don't know anyone who would say, like, my Chinese is perfect. Yeah, so that's, that's funny, because, like, I mean, lately, uh, I guess over the last year or so, I've, I haven't really, I've, I've stopped, like, actively trying to like study Chinese but it's more like I'll just be just using it like in everyday situations like talking to my wife um, at work or like what I'm doing like translation work um, so I don't know it's like I and I, I definitely know that uh, like my Chinese is good but I there are definitely things that I need to improve I guess like uh, mostly just like the spoken aspect of it um, and my wife will always be like, so I think she's she's also helped help me or at least motivate me to improve because she's it, very critical. If I'm, if I'm, if yeah, well, because we we just I mean her 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 English her her English is like okay, but we basically just use Chinese when we're interacting with each other. So if I'm speaking too slowly or just throwing in all, or you know just stumbling, not really saying anything, like throwing a lot of like ums or like. Uh, shama, shama nigga, uh. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, yeah. So speaking of inappropriate conversations to oh. have with your coworkers, we're not coworkers for much longer, and I've always wanted to ask you, like, was it hard to hit on your wife because you had to do it in Chinese, like when you were trying to be like, oh, this is cool, I'm gonna marry this girl, but you like, you know, her Chinese, uh, like her English is good, but you said you guys mostly speak in yeah. Chinese. Uh, were, were you competent in Chinese to be like I can do this? I can get a woman to marry me. I don't. I don't think the issue like with like I guess hitting on her initially. I don't think it was a question of language, but more like am I as a person capable okay. of hitting on someone? <laughs> and I think the answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> but because like the way that we actually um, <clears throat> like when we when we met, um, like well first uh, we knew each other because. Uh, I was a teacher at uh, Joshi University, and she was a student um, in my class. Uh, but so, but yeah. we, so I taught her for a semester, and I think we talked maybe like two or three times during that. Um, like after class, I think after class, like once she might have. I said like that I was uh, thinking of going. I was getting ready to go to Japan, uh, and then she like came up to me after class and said like, "Oh, you know, that's that's really cool. Like I learned uh, like a semester or two of." Uh, um, of Japanese like a while back and that was basically it and then but we got in touch later and um, I think later on I found out that she just thought we were just like hanging out as friends um, and you thought you were dating well yeah so like you know we, we had arranged to like to meet up uh, and just like to head to uh, a restaurant near the school um, and we were walking over and then like we were crossing the street and then, you know, she told me, oh, hurry up. And then she, like, grabbed my hand and, like, pulled me Aww. along. So I thought, oh, a physical contact. That, <laughs> means, that, she, that yeah. means that she likes me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then later on, it was a long time before I found out the truth, uh, when we were talking to a couple of, of friends of ours, and then she said that, no, it, she, it wasn't, like, trying to be romantic at all. It was just she thought that I was just being too slow and didn't want me to get hit by a car. So she just tried to pull me across mm -hmm. the street. Uh that is my favorite thing that so, I ever learned. So at what at what point 
did it go from just being friends to being something more? How did you know? Or did you, or did you, uh, or all of a sudden you didn't know and then it's like, oh wait, we're getting married today. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it was like, there was one, one night where we were just, um, we were watching a movie, what was it, uh, How to Train Your Dragon? Yeah, uh, yeah. That, oh one? my god, that's, yeah, yeah. I went on a first date to that movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we were, we were watching that and the whole we're time not, we're like together now so it's not <laughs> that cute it was yeah but good point the whole time that we were watching I was thinking in the back of my mind I was like okay like sometime during this night I'm just going to tell her that I like her it's a romantic uh, movie and uh, I mean she she really liked it and I the movie, the movie? or, or you, you saying yeah her. oh no she she liked the movie because oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was I was like and also just um kind of like hoping that she would uh, give me like a kind of obvious hint during the movie, which she didn't really. Um, no hand holding. No, we, no, we didn't. No, it was just two friends watching a movie. So no, 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 no um, hand, no arm over the shoulder. Nope. No, no, no I was like, like I, casual knees bumping into each other. Sorry, I'm trying to think of yeah. every way I've tried to make a move on a guy. Or like, or like just like the lean in to tell us something, but you put your hand on the leg while oh, you're yeah. leaning. Oh yeah, or like a casual like just making out with someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was just, I think I was too awkward, and at the time she didn't really realize uh, what I was thinking. So, after the movie, didn't know what to do, uh, so I was like, okay, uh, let me just, like, walk you downstairs, because I lived on, like, the fifth floor. Um, so I walked her down to the bottom, I was like, uh, I should probably do it now. So then, I like, at the bottom, I was, like, kind of, like, hesitated for a bit, and then I told her, like, uh, I like you. What did she say? And then she, like was kind of shocked didn't really know how to react and then she actually said like okay i'm gonna have to like go back up because like to process this so she went she went so we went back Wait, up to my room that is not a failure if you say i like you to a girl and she's like i should come back to your yeah, room, room right now yeah, yeah. that's pretty much yeah. the definition of success. success i think so yeah that's pretty okay. much the definition she's of like success. i need to process this, this with you alone in your room yeah, yeah uh, so so, but yeah, I think. But everything leading up to that was just a lot of me just assuming that. Uh, Were you worried? She was in. That that yeah, she was saying, like, oh. to tell her. Oh yeah, that's I and mean, that's why it took so long. So I we've talked about this before, and we like at work we talk a lot about cultural like differences and issues. I know when you met her family, you were not welcomed with open arms yeah per well se. <clears throat> it, it was actually uh, when she made that first call to her parents um and uh what it was about i think we had been together for about half a year and she like hadn't told her parents that she was with someone and then she finally uh, called because you know they were they lived like pretty pretty far away from where she was going to school and then, yeah where is she originally from uh she's from Jilin, like way oh, up in the okay. northeast but her parents also move around with their job okay um but uh so when she, you know she called and uh she said um, like I, you know, I've, I've been like going out with someone lately. Uh, and then her parents like, okay, well, her mom asked, oh, where's, where's he from? Um, and then she said like, she said like the U.S., like me, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then her mom said, oh, okay, um, what province is that in? <laughs> and then oh. dad said, no, it's like the U.S. is it's like another country. country. <laughs> and then her response was like, no. Pushing, pushing, just no, absolutely not. Uh, so, because her idea, I guess her impression of a foreigner based on what she like just seen uh, on the news and 
wherever it was um it's just this like uh like older like really overweight guy with like a lot of tattoos that's exactly just, what zach yeah. looks and like that's exactly what i yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, to be fair yeah, you, you do have a, t- a tattoo, tattoo. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the other parts of that don't apply to you, but you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they were also worried that I would just like, kind of like kidnap her, like take her away uh, to the U.S. and they'd never see her again. So those were all of the the things that like were flashing through their minds. I guess especially her mom's mind when they found out that I was a foreigner. But um, then like we, you know, the first time we met, um, like for uh, actually. I think it was in in either Jashin or Hangzhou, but for like dinner, um, and Bailey we got too. along pretty well. Yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think of it as something where you're like, ah, this is a great success, or were you ever worried, like, what if I fail at this, or you know, like, but it just just in the instance where it comes to a relationship with someone who's from a completely different country, did you have in mind like, oh, to be successful in this relationship, like, would mean getting married? Um. I think like because you know initially (laughs) yeah (laughs) initially I didn't I like wasn't even thinking about um, getting married it wasn't a goal of mine but I think after just being uh, being together with her for for that long it felt like uh, okay it kind of makes sense (laughs) okay (laughs) all right we can Uh, edit that part out no I love that I think it's sweet but but I mean along the way though there have been like lots of like very rocky points um what do you think were some of the hardest that like i mean you can tell us however much you want but what do you think were some of the hardest like things that you guys had to deal with Mm -hmm. um i mean i guess like a lot of the pressure comes from like i guess in a lot of relationships um from uh, money like the financial aspect of it because uh, I'm, I'm like still uh, paying off like my uh, student loans. Yeah, and we don't make US. any money. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that like, <laughs> and now that kind of came as like a shock to her when she found out, just because like huh. it's not like really as like a thing okay. here in China. Yeah. Um, but and I was kind of like assuming, oh, like obviously if you're, you know, if you're an American who recently graduated from college or graduated from college within the last like twenty years, you, you obviously are, are still paying off yeah student loans yeah. and debt. Also, um, at least my experience is that most Chinese people with foreigners living in China, they just assume that you make a lot of money regardless of what your job yeah. is. And I think Zach and I both love our jobs, but we do not qualify as the bracket of expats who make a ton of money. Yeah. Um, so looking at like where you are now and kind of um, you're married, you're employed, you're in China, you've been mm-hmm. here, planning on staying here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's so, and, and that's also been something that I've been like thinking about recently because, um, I mean, she has like being Chinese brought up like the issue or the question, I don't know, about kids. Um, yeah, I like that you say being, being Chinese. Chinese. As like, yeah. like that's a as unique thing. Like only Chinese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not like as a woman who's recently married, she's thought about having kids, which is I think a very normal place yeah. to be. And you're I, like, well, I guess she's Chinese because she's because not. like I it hasn't really been something that um, I've like even just like thought of or I I haven't really like, planned that far ahead. Um, and then you know she was saying like oh you know if we if we have kids like. Uh, you know, they're they're gonna go to school in the U.S., right? I was like, uh, 
She's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I got, that's something that uh, I'll have to do a lot of like yeah. thinking about. So planning. what is what is success? Kind of. I mean, one way to think about failure that mm-hmm. we've or I found to be really interesting on this show is sort of like you can't really have failure if you don't have an idea of what success would look like. You know, mm-hmm. you can be like, "This is shitty," but if it's not something that was like a dream or a hope or a wish, it's hard to say like, "Oh, I failed at this." Mm-hmm. So what to you now, like, what does failure or success, I guess, look like? Like, what would it mean to be successful? Um, a low-key question to think yeah. about on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, we're going to say light. Pretty light. I like to keep it light and friendly. I mean, yeah, I guess just looking back over the last few years, I mean, I've kind of been uh, bouncing around, like, southern China just because I, I started off in Jiaxing, then I moved to Hangzhou, um, and now I'm in I'm in Shanghai where I've been for the last year or so. And the reason why I kept moving was because I was looking for a um, just like work that felt a little more fulfilling. So I think at that, um, I mean that that's been one of the definitely one of the key aspects of like success. The thing that I'm like doing um, to make money is something that also like uh, just feels like satisfying. And you know I'm, I'm using like my my abilities like just started off teaching English I uh, and that wasn't exactly fulfilling to me um, it yeah. felt like I was just uh, at points it was like I was just being drained by all these like English vampires um, <laughs> it was just I assume it's Chinese people who wanted to learn English yeah yeah no but that's like, like it was like ah yeah yeah like, so that's but suck I mean, the English out of like, you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> No, 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 not, 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 not yeah. like, not like pale and like uh, well-spoken English, like vampires from England, but yeah. But like uh, pale <laughs> and not well-spoken English <laughs> vampires from, you know, joshing. You know, if you guys did go back to the States, um, so your 12 kids could go to school there yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, it Dad is like, kids. yeah, like sort of where do you, what, what would be success in work? Because you've translated whole books before. Like I have one that I made yeah. to sign in my bedroom. <laughs> wow. um, I know you did. Yeah. Translate a whole book. Yeah. He's yeah. translated like published books. He's more legitimate than I'll ever be. Um, that's like, pretty legitimate. Yeah, I don't think anyone's questioning that <laughs> yeah, it's more yeah, legitimate yeah, than all of you. Um, but kind of where where does that like lead to? Like, what do you work up to with translation or with cultural knowledge? Like, what's what's like an end goal with that? I don't. Know. I mean, I think I would definitely because uh, like translation's nice because that. I mean, I've always done it remotely, just like through email. So even though I'm like in China, which makes it a little convenient at the end of the day when uh, when they're like transferring money to my Chinese bank account, um, it's something that I could continue doing like in the U.S. I think, mm-hmm. and like with this uh, uh, this book that I'm like, I already I, I finished the initial translation a while back I guess sometime last year I'm actually like translating the second book of the series now but right now I'm I'm like going back and forth with um, an editor at a Doubleday in New York mm-hmm. um, and uh, making like a lot of like final changes just to make this like something that um, is, is really going to like be a lot more like impressive when it gets published um, and I'm, th- I'm thinking that like I don't know, I mean, that, that's one option, just, like, building up relationships with um, with people involved, like, in translation, also, like, publishing, because 
Um, like I was a creative writing minor. Um, I when I moved to Joshing, like I had a lot of free time, so I just did a lot of a lot of like writing, like writing short stories. Most of them like weren't any good, but um, I think I, I think I gradually got better. So that's something that I never knew that. Uh, yeah, I I've gotten like I got one oh one story was published on like this Australian online. This is like a website basically. Another one, another MBT. story. Which was just like, got published online somewhere in Australia, but who cares? Yeah. Okay. But there, there was a, another failure involved with like publication of another story that it was like my first story that I, I was really like I felt really like satisfied with, confident, um, and I submitted it to a few different places, um, and one um, so you know one one person initially like um, a publication got back to me and said like oh we like this story we would like to publish it I said oh great then you know they sent me like a like a little contract to sign so sign that and then shortly after that um, I got an email from another publication that was like oh we would like to publish your story and pay you for it okay so, I'm sorry I'm missing the point where this is a okay so it so sounds like you just kept getting published the, okay well the thing was I I told them I'm sorry I can't I already agreed to uh, let this be published somewhere else and then I waited and I waited and I didn't like get any more news about this story and then I like tried to contact the publication that I originally signed the contract with and I found out that apparently they just like fell apart and like they didn't exist anymore oh. uh, but you turned down a paid opportunity yeah so like I went and tried to uh, talk to or I, I contacted that um, yeah the publication that would have paid me for it and they said like like sorry we're not like we wouldn't be able to publish it now or like they weren't accepting um, like what stories do you at the time. Write about. Um, it's not relevant of, to failure. A lot of different things. This um, uh, this one story that uh, I guess eventually I would want to just rewrite because I know I've gotten a lot better as a writer in the last like four or five years. It happens. Um, yeah, it's about this uh, this guy who is, as far as he knows, like the last person, like left on Earth. Um, he and his girlfriend just woke up one morning and just everyone else was gone. Um, and he's writing this as like letters to his girlfriend because she's like just recently died, like before the story starts. So it's just him trying to like uh, wondering like should I should I stay here or should I go out and try to find like other people and see. If there's anything else, so he's just him trying to deal it, with it. But also sad. But I yeah. kind of want to read it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not like a super upbeat story, but I'm shocked at that not being an upbeat story. Yeah, but I don't. Know, I mean, I I like that, um, and I've gotten like a lot of feedback on it since then. Just things that like um, I can you know improve in it. So I think because like translation has been taking up a lot of my time recently, and also like work. But that's, <laughs> so, that casual yeah, thing we do for forty hours a week. So yeah. I think if I if I go back to the U.S. and I have a lot less pressure about like having to get like a work visa, um, yeah. I would I would like to put a lot more time into just writing. I've been doing like a lot of music recently too. Um, I don't know if I would have time to do that back in the U.S., but that's another thing too. You talk about writing those stories, and when you started, you said most of them weren't any good, but you feel mm -hmm. like you've gotten better I mean what was the process like of just sitting down by yourself writing these stories and at least by your own account not being satisfied yeah. with most to all of them for a very long time uh it was just a lot of I guess a lot of repetition like at first and, and 
um, over time, just kind of refining like the process and also understanding that there should be a process. Um, because at first I would just go into a story with like just an idea or maybe like just an image in my mind. I say, I'll, okay, I'll just write about that. And then I would just start writing and then like stop. Um, and then just like wait for inspiration to come. Um, and it was like a very, very slow process. And then eventually, gradually, I started realizing, you know what, I should have an idea of like the structure of these stories. Um, then I would start like writing down like more ideas. Um, and like, I mean, there was a point um, when I was back in Hangzhou, so I guess like maybe two years ago, I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to just, instead of writing short stories, I'm going to try to like write a novel. Uh, so like I did that, I started writing, I guess I got about like a third of the way through it. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm not really, I'm not really sure about like where this is going. And then, um, I just decided, like, cause initially it was about a guy, uh, who again, not very upbeat, but so he's, it starts off when he's, he's dead. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say maybe not yeah. upbeat. But uh, if it, he, then so, he comes back to life, happy ending. Oh, yeah, yeah. But 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 he's like uh, so he's just kind of like looking at he's in this kind of um, like halfway like realm just like looking down uh, like on Earth and he's like able to just like come back for like like just spurts of like ten minutes at a time. I want to read um, all of your stories. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm pretty intrigued. So, so he's he's like in, he he's able to kind of just like be like take over like people's bodies i guess for like about like 10 minutes at a time but then he's like yanked back after that uh so i was like writing about that i was like uh okay well where do i go from here and then i just decided you know what um i'm just going to change the setting and then he ends up in like this like alternate like china um whereas like the um uh basically like there's this uh kind of like this like war going on between these like organized religions uh there and so your uh, book will never be published oh, yeah, in china yeah, yeah. Like, and, absolutely and, and, like, not going to be published yeah, in china yeah, yeah. but it, i had a lot i had a lot of fun like writing uh writing and when i changed the setting i felt like oh it was like uh because at first i thought like i would just have to scrap the story and then i like changed things and then like i felt like a lot of things just like started like coming into place like i mean I, I had a lot of fun writing it. I don't know if, like, looking back on the first draft, there's going to be a lot of... If I was I eventually want to go back and see if I could, like, turn it into a second draft, I know there's going to be a lot that's just terrible huh. uh, that I have to cut out. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that process was, like, it taught me that it's important to, like, plan as you're going in. But, I mean, when you're planning, like, for um, whether it's, like, when I'm, like, writing something or, like, you know, like a, a story or like doing music, like you could go in with um, like a framework for how something's going to turn out and usually it ends up changing quite a bit, but it's also yeah. nice to just have that um, in mind. All right, well, Zach, thank, thanks so much. This was, uh, was really fun. Really yeah. interesting thanks, stories. Thanks for uh, having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, yeah, thanks for being on The Failure Show. Yeah, if you, uh, you guys like this, you know, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, that's been The Failure Show. Until next time.